You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Great to have you with us this morning. I wonder if you ever had a time in your life where you've been intimidated by opportunity. Intimidated by opportunity. There's a story once told about a young man who wished to marry the farmer's daughter. He approaches the farmer and says, what must I do to get your blessing to marry your daughter? He says, if you can catch the tail of any one of my three bulls, then I'll give you permission to marry my daughter. He thinks to himself, How hard can this be? So he goes by the pasture and by the gate and the farmer releases the first bull and it is menacing. It's big, it's ugly, it's a bull and he's like, this is not my time. No chance, I'm not going anywhere near this thing. It will kill me. Surely the next bulls will be smaller and I'll have a better opportunity. So the bull passes by and the next bull gets released and it is the meanest, the ugliest creature he's ever seen in his life. Drool is coming from the nose. It's got a ring on its nose. It's angry, it's fierce. And he says to himself, I am going nowhere near this bull. It will kill me. Surely the last bull will be a better option than this one. So the third and last bull gets released into the field. And it's tiny, it's scrawny, it's weak. He thinks to himself, this is my moment. I'm going to marry the daughter. So he positions himself, he's ready. And as the bull passes by, he stretches out to grab the tail, but there is no tail on that bull. (laughs) Missed the opportunity. If you ever had a moment where you've missed the opportunity, You've been intimidated by opportunity. Lizandri, my wife, she applied for a new job two years ago. In fact, her method of applying was unconventional. She went around the practices in town with her CVs in hand, knocking on the doors of the practices. She decided she was done with traveling from Chester to Wimslow every day and believed that God had a job and opportunity in Chester for her. But the first place she knocked on the door and they outright rejected her didn't want to see her CV, didn't want to know. The second place, same story. It was devastating. There were tears, it was emotional, there was moments of, should we just give up? Should we just pack it in? And I think all of us have these moments where we're intimidated by opportunity. But the danger for us is, if we're intimidated by opportunity, we'll never step into the full potential and calling and destiny and assignment that God has for each and every one of us. What I love is what happened next is Lizandri, not intimidated by opportunity, knocked on the doors and one practice opened up their doors, let her in and within 60 minutes offered her a job within the walls of Chester. We're not called Audacious Church to belong to those who shrink back like Hebrews says and are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith and are saved. And I wonder today, is there a church in Manchester? Is there a church in Cardiff and Sheffield who will choose not to be intimidated by opportunity, but will rise to the occasion in Jesus' name? We pick up a story 
of unlikely opportunity in the book of Esther. It's our week number three of our Barmy Bible series, the book of Esther. We've got this moment where Esther has been promoted to royalty. She's now the queen. The king's her boss. She's married to the king. But her uncle Mordecai tells her of a plot and of a scheme to annihilate all of the Jewish people. And the king's right-hand man, Haman, turns the king's head, convinces him to sign a a decree to annihilate, to abolish the Jewish people. And Esther finds herself in this position, a position of influence, of royalty, and of power. An opportunity like no other. And in fact, for Esther, the last thing that it looked like was opportunity. In fact, it looked like a crisis. Her opportunity didn't come to her gift-wrapped in a promotion, gift-wrapped in in tinsel and paper and looking good, didn't come in the opportunity, the form of a pay rise. Her opportunity was presented to her in the form of a crisis. Thomas Edison says it like this, most people miss opportunities because it comes dressed in overalls disguised as hard work. Esther's uncle Mordecai in Esther chapter four, verse 14, after he details the crisis to her, says to her, and who knows, Esther, perhaps you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. The opportunity of a lifetime for Esther came disguised as crisis. Today, church, I wanna suggest there are opportunities all around us, all of the time, that don't come gift-wrapped and set up in the way that we think they should, More often than not, they come packaged in the form of problems that need to be solved. They come designed, packaged as crisis, but in the middle is an opportunity of a lifetime. I wanna suggest three things today, three things we all need to do when presented with opportunity. This message is called Baby Steps. Turn to your neighbor and say, Baby Steps. Baby Steps. The first step we need to take when presented with opportunity is a step forward. Step forward. The Bible says this in Esther chapter four, verses 15 to 16. It says, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. How many people know that's a great start? Do not eat or drink anything for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, hear these words. I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Esther walks towards the king at risk of death. Why is that? Because there was a rule in place, a law in place, where the outcome was death. If the king hadn't summoned you to step forward into his courts, into his presence. If he hadn't summoned you and he doesn't extend the scepter, which is a sign of his approval and acceptance, then you must be put to death. Can you picture the scene for a moment for Esther? She's got an opportunity disguised as crisis and this only outcome, this only solution is to approach the king. But in doing so, she risked death. She literally has everything to lose in this moment. Esther is a Jew, but nobody knows that she is except her uncle. And the decree has been made to annihilate the Jews. Nobody knows that's who I am. She could just bury her head in the sand. 
She could do what Pilate did when presented with Jesus in the New Testament, wash her hands of the problem. It's nothing to do with me. She could have took a step back, walked in the opposite direction and said, thanks, but no thanks. But Esther, with a little bit of faith, I can picture the scene with her knees shaking, her hands sweaty, throat and mouth dry as she knocks on the door and she steps into the presence of the king. We pick up this story in chapter five, verse one. On the third day, Esther put on royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. Picture the scene. Death awaits her. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached, touched the tip of the scepter. The king then asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom and it will be given to you. Esther makes a decision not to step back, but at the risk of death, she makes a decision to step forward towards the king. And I wanna encourage you today, church, where it seems intimidating, where it seems fearful, where it seems like the only outcome is death and destruction. When God's in the equation, don't take a step back, but take a baby step forward. What conversations do you need to have with the boss this week that seems like crisis, but there's an opportunity? What health condition have you been described and prognosed over your life where it seems like it's easy to take a step back, retreat from church, retreat from your calling, but what if you took a step forward? What could the king do on your behalf? Esther stepped towards the king full of fear, full of anxiety, full of intimidation, but the good news for us today is that Jesus died and he rose again so we could step forward into the presence of the King without risk of death, without paranoia, without anxiety, without fear, but full of confidence, expectation, hope and anticipation because he has made a way for us to step into the King's courts. But the reality is when we're presented with opportunity, too often than not, we try to analyze, regurgitate, do the maths, work out the outcome, figure out what the best case scenario could be. We try to boil it all down to our own human terms and then make a decision. But the first thing that Esther did when presented with opportunity was to step forward to the king. Whatever it is today that's facing you, opportunities, crisis in disguise, make a decision with a baby step to step forward to the king. The second thing we all need to do when presented with opportunities is this, is to step into, step into. Turn to your neighbor and say, step into. <laughs> Esther 5, three to five says this. Then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. If it pleases the king, she replied, let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the queen said, so we may do what Esther asks. In 2014, I had the opportunity of a lifetime to go on a missions trip to Russia. And as we set out myself, I was 21 at the time in Bible college, my youth pastor and some of the team, four of us, we embarked on a trip to the middle of nowhere in Russia. Literally, we flew into Moscow, 
flew into Yekaterinburg, and then we got a train for 24 hours in a tiny compartment that was literally this size with four beds, top, two top, two down. And we went for 24 hours, and all we seen out the window was snow and trees, snow and trees, snow and trees for 24 hours as we arrived in Asbest to a drug rehabilitation center. In the middle of nowhere, there were men who once were addicted to drugs, but came to this rehab center and counted Jesus and their lives were changed and transformed in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Russia. But the opportunity came with a headache attached. My visa wasn't arriving in time. In fact, they sent me a visa, but they spelt my name wrong. My name is three letters. How do you spell it? Wrong. Instead of L-E-E, they spelt it L-I. And they said, you need a new visa to get. And we prayed, we were fasting. It was a crisis, it was dramatic. I wasn't gonna be able to go on the trip if I didn't get this through. And the day before our flight departed, the visa came through the letterbox. Spell L-E-E, praise the Lord. The opportunity came with a headache attached. And Esther right now, She's got an opportunity, but there's a headache attached. And the headache is called Haman. Haman was the guy that had turned the king's head. Haman was the guy that had caused the king to issue the decree to annihilate the Jewish people. Haman was the one causing all of the drama. I can picture the scene. Why did Esther not just go up to Haman and, and confront him and say, Haman, what are you doing? Haman, what are you playing at? Haman, do you know who I am? Haman, sort it out, get your act together. Instead, he, he, Esther brings her Haman into the presence of the king. Esther 5, verse four, if it pleases the king, let the king together with Haman come to a banquet that I have prepared for him. Why is it significant? Because on the road of your opportunity, you will have headaches attached, and the best thing that we can do is bring the headache into the presence of the king. Why is this significant? Because it's in the presence of the king that everything changes. Jesus died, rose again, so we could step fully into the presence of God that once in the Old Testament was behind a veil. He split the veil, made a way so we could step into the presence of God. And why is the presence important? Because God's presence today is what separates us from the Harry Styles concerts. God's presence sets us free. God's presence makes us new. In God's presence, demons flee. In God's presence, people are healed. In God's presence, the dead come to life. In God's presence, there is a word in season that changes everything. There is miracles found in God's presence. Fear goes and peace comes in the presence of God. Esther firstly makes a decision to bring her headache into the presence of the king. On Friday, Lysandra and I were at a wedding of two of our close friends. And as worship started, Zena being 18 weeks old, four and a half months old, she starts to cry, starts to kick off. So being a good dad, I pick her up and I step outside. I can still see worship, I can still see what's going on, but I'm standing by the bar of this venue. And as we're singing, great are you, Lord, it is beautiful. Man, the touch of heaven was in that place. And I seen the manager go back behind the bar and she brings out 
all of the staff. So now all of the staff are standing at the bar watching this take place. And the manager looks to her left, looks to her right, and does this. She's got goosebumps from the singing, from the atmosphere, from the presence of God. Even somebody who's not a Christian can recognize the presence of God because the Holy Spirit in that moment was ministering to her. And Esther has this revelation far before she ever even was able to read a Bible and unpack the theology of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, she knew that her first retort had to be to bring her problems, her headaches, her anxiety, her fear into the presence of the King. Today, whatever crisis, opportunity dressed up as crisis that you face today, I wanna encourage you to take a baby step and step it into the presence of the king. The third point is to step away. Turn to your neighbor and say, step away. Step away, step away, step away. Towards the end of Esther, I'd encourage you to read this when you go home today. It's a massive book with tons to unpack, a beautiful story. Esther 7, verses one to six. So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet. And as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king again asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? And it will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, and it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, if I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases, grant me my life, this is my petition, and spare my people, this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet, because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he, where is he, the man who has dared to do such a thing? Esther said, an adversary, an enemy, this vile Haman. Esther takes a baby step forward towards the king. Esther steps into God's presence. And now in Esther 7, 9 to 10, says, Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, A pole reaching to a height of 50 cubits stands by Haman's house. He had set it up for Mordecai, who spoke to help the king. The king said, impale Haman on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai. And the king's fury subsided. When you bring your opportunity, your crisis to the king, you have to step away from the outcome. The decision in this moment, the outcome was at the discretion of the king, not the discretion of Esther. Let me tell you about our king for a moment. Our king is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere all of the time. He is omnipotent. That means he is all powerful. And he is omniscient, which means he knows all. His character is good. His laws are kind. He's good, he's kind, he's favorable, he's just, he's loving, he's compassionate. He's gracious, he is a good king. And when you realize that's the king that we serve, you can trust him with the outcome. Even when it doesn't look like what you thought it should look like. In Esther 9.25, when the plot came to the king's attention, 
he issued written orders that the evil scheme that Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head. Let me tell you today, church, the 10 a.m. service, our King has already issued written orders on our behalf so that you can trust Him at His word and step away from the outcome. The King has already issued written orders that whatever the enemy meant to set you back, He'd use to set you up. That whatever the enemy meant to demote you, God would use to promote you. Whatever was meant to destroy you, God would use to deploy you. His written orders stand the test of time. His Word is like a double-edged sword, cutting through joint and marrow, reading the condition of the human heart. So even when there's opportunity mixed with the headaches of crisis and you can bring it to God, you can step away from the outcome because it's written in His Word that our God is for us and not against us. He's on our side. What the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. So whatever scheme of Haman has been devised on your behalf, whatever gallows has been set up to cancel your calling, roadkill your destiny, God has set up goodness and mercy that will follow you all the days of your life. So whatever it looks like in the natural, you can step away with a baby step because the King is on the throne. But you've got to make a decision to put Him on the throne of your life. That means, can I say it, that we don't cherry pick what works for us and what doesn't, but that we believe in the fullness of the Gospel and the power of God for our salvation. Step forward, step into, step away with a baby step. And as you do that, incredible things happen, not just in your life and in your family, but the impact nations and impact legacies to come. This is what happens towards the end of the story in Esther 10 verse three. Mordecai, this is Uncle Mordecai who exposed the plot, who Haman wanted to destroy, wanted to write off, wanted to kill and cancel. Mordecai the Jew became second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews and held in high esteem by many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. The Jewish people were now given permission by the king to fight against their enemies. They overcame and Mordecai now finds himself in a royal position similar to that of Esther. And the outcome is a generational blessing and favor on the Jewish nation. And I wanna to suggest today, as you step forward, you step into and you step away from the outcome, as you trust God with the opportunities that are on your lap, they aren't just gonna impact you in 2023 for the course of your lifetime, but they have the power and the potential to impact generations to come. They've got the power and potential to impact and change Manchester long before we're gone from this place. For Cardiff, for Sheffield, the potential change the course and the trajectory of a nation. Leonard Ravenhill says it like this, the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. Your opportunities today have an expiry date. But the good news is if you've still got breath in your lungs, then you've still got an assignment from heaven. You've still got a mandate and a mission, a calling, just like Esther did in Esther 4 verse 14, for such a time as this. 
whatever you're coming up against or facing today, you were born for such a time as this. God has called us, Manchester campus, Cardiff, Sheffield, to be agents of change, transformation, culture carriers that don't conform to the status quo, but come against the tide of current culture. Preaching the gospel fearlessly, whatever the cost. Ushering people into the presence of God and seeing them find breakthrough and hope and life. Finally stepping away from the outcome as we do, because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on King. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.